Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, there's something about protecting people's homes through Progressive that inspires me. Because I just had an idea for a book. Well, it was originally an idea for a movie based on a play inspired by a podcast. But the idea is how you can save when you bundle home and auto. Hmm, might not be the best idea for a book. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Maybe a radio commercial? Guess we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Alright, I'm ready, bro. You ready? Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I'm ready. Ready, you ready? Bet, 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 bet. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Low. I do it better than no one else. Always remember that. And welcome back to the Boom Shakalaka podcast. I got my host, oh. my, my one and only, my, I, I'm going to slide real quick. I ain't calling him all the nicknames. I call him off the podcast because, you know, that's between me and him. But Yo, shout out keep- to my man, Agent Zero. Say, what's up, bro? <laughs> Boom Shakalaka. You you easily outcringed all my previous podcast names. With that one alone. It, it had nothing to do with basketball, neither. But uh, there's Boom a lot Shakalaka? of... Boom how, how does it have anything to do with basketball, bro? That's like a, that's what that's what that's what they said like in the nineties or eighties, like when they when the, someone did a slam dunk, and they were like boom shaka like like come on, bro. So you're saying just because I say bang when I shoot a three pointer in real life, that just it doesn't make it affiliated to basketball. Regardless, when I think of boom shaka like, remember that axe ad that they had? Oh, that was boom no, shaka wow wow. That was different. So you see, yeah, you know, exactly. it's similar. You're, oh, you're all over the place. It's, it's all similar. over the place already. All right. I'm gonna have people tweeting me. Agent doesn't know his commercials. <laughs> Yo, this 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 man, Agent, really don't know shit about commercials, man. I don't know why he's on this pod talking about commercials. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly how people are gonna be hitting me up, yo. Um, yo, welcome back to the to the podcast, people. Shout out to everyone who always giving us five star ratings. Shout out to the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I have no idea why I have a hard time saying that, but shout out to the podcast network as well. Um. Like Agent said last, um, if you watch the entire or you listen to the entire podcast last time, Agent alluded to it. We're going to you know, make sure it gets into the works. You know what I'm saying? We're going to try to have our own um, Reddit a Reddit community. So we're going to try to put that up. It'd be easier for us to communicate to y'all. Y'all can give us the questions all the time. But until then, you got to follow us on Twitter. We randomly post the stuff. Have y'all ask us questions because 
by the end of this video or by the end of this podcast, but this is the reason why YouTubers can't do fucking podcasts. No, don't say YouTubers. No. Exclusively no, no, you. No, 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 no. Ex- it's just that because I be getting mixed up the video and the podcast. You know, after this, I got to go record a video. I promise you in the middle of that video, I'm going to be like, yo, what's up, podcast listeners? You know, That's you. So, That's exclusively no, no, you. No, 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 no. Because I, I can make the distinction. I don't know about you, but it's just it's different platforms. You, you all I'm doing be- is looking. All I'm doing is looking at audacity. That's all I'm doing. You can make the distinction because here you talking about basketball on your channel. You talk about two K. So there's a distinction. All I see is nah. two, two. No, all I see is two windows up. One is audacity and the other one is um basketball reference so i it still feel like i'm still making an nba video you know what i'm saying big facts uh yo honestly there's been a lot of ex- man that denver okc game got me gas this is the first time in a while that two teams i don't really Did care you watch about the game is it two is it a good game in a while you watch a game Yo, I was playing the 2K combine, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I did bro. go I'm back sorry. and I I had to analyze the clips, man. Lo, we got to talk about it, man, because I got some shit to say. All right, so we know as about a the side last... note, you you definitely did not go back and analyze clips. I did. Well, I didn't analyze. I just watched videos analyzing it, and exactly. then went back exactly. in those videos, then analyzed it and analyzed it myself. And there was there was plenty of times, and at the end of the game, it was a phenomenal game, probably game of the year candidate. Uh, shout out to Paul George, my man's. He was balling out. It's good to see him finding a home in OKC. Below, here's what I saw that game. I saw countless times, not just on the last play, where Westbrook fell asleep and his man was left open for three. And plenty of those times, he was guarding one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, Jamal Murray, a guy you would die before leaving open. He's sleeping on. And so we know about the last play. And OKC fans continuously making excuses for why that was acceptable because there's no real reason it should have ever been acceptable right shout out to his athleticism his ability to close out was insane but the fact that he he even put himself in that position is insane but it wasn't the only time it happened it happened throughout the game we gotta start talking about it low westbrook might find himself in that bad defender camp that curry's been stuck in for a very long time well well three things one like you said, Paul George, shout out to Paul George, um, dropped 43 points without a free throw attempt. Amazing. Last time that's been done is back in 2003. Wow. So you so, just going to throw shots at James Harden now? Wow. Without a free throw attempt? Shut up, nigga. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, yo, yeah, shout out to PG. That, that was a great game from PG. That, and he was just hitting floaters, threes, and it seems as if he was going to make the um, the game-winning shot. They put him over the top. So, shout out to PG. Or, I'll tell you the bit, it was a game-tying shot, and they were going to go into overtime. Yeah. Which then leads us to the play that you're referring to in which Westbrook falls asleep on defense. And that's my second thing I want to bring up is, this ain't nothing new to me. I've, I've been watching this for a while. The problem is, Westbrook f- fans are getting to the point where they're worse than Kobe fans, where if you just call out something that's so blatant, apparently you're a hater. Westbrook has been doing this, and he's been playing bad defense back when Kevin Durant was on the team, back when they were losing to the Spurs, and Popovich used to just pick on him and have Tony Parker run through off-ball screens because he knew that Russell Westbrook wasn't intelligent enough ball player to make the right reads. So I don't think intelligence too. is the issue. I think it's just a lack of focus. Because he's so athletic, there's no reason he shouldn't well, be able to guard. Athleticism has nothing to do with intelligence. Of course it anything, does. Because a lot of it is just lateral quickness, being able to keep up with some of the explosive PGs. How in the does league. athleticism have to do with intelligence? No, I'm talking about de- defense. 
Athleticism has to do with defense. So when you see players oh, yeah, like defense, yeah. So you think a player like him should be a lockdown, right? We've seen the greats do it a lot of like Kobe, Michael Jordan. These players are known for their offense, but they can also lock it down. That's facts. So I just don't get why on a team where you could imagine Paul George is getting frustrated. He's a defensive-minded guy, and he's playing on a team with a guy who, when they watch the film back, they're going to see Westbrook continuously blow plays, lose focus. And there was plenty of times where Westbrook would play help when he didn't have to, and then it would cause a breakdown on the weak side. And it continuously happened, and it got to the point where you weren't even leaving bad shooters open. He was like... You were just a problem to your own team. It's like when I'm hopping on the 2K League Combine and I'm playing with some guys that can't fight through a simple off-ball screen to pick up their guy, even when I'm hedging. So, oh, man. Yo. Well, that's, 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 the, that's the problem, though. Because if you're if Westbrook is going to be able to help like that, and the, and the final thing I'm going to say is the, the reason why Westbrook does those things is because of his athleticism. Because like you stated earlier, He's so fast, so quick, so athletic that he could still close out despite the fact that he was stuck in the lane. Now he's able to still close out and, and contest the shot. The problem the is he tipped the ball at the very end, by which the way. which is crazy. Like, and, and, but that's the problem is that he believes that, and he is. I mean, he's that athletic to where he can still close out on a shooter. So the problem is that eventually, at some stage of his career, he's not going to have the same athleticism. And so you're going to have to make an adjustment on the, on the side of the ball in which you really shouldn't have to make an adjustment on to begin with. In my opinion, it is intelligence because I've seen him do this numerous times. And I can't say it's a it's a loss of focus if it happens once every blue moon. But like I said, this is something that's happened for numerous stages of his career in which he's just he's just aimlessly standing at a, at, in a, at a part of the uh, court where there's nobody there. And then it's kind of like, okay, what are you doing? Yo, you have to go defend your man. Like, you can't just leave him open. And for the people out there who are saying that he was defending the rim alongside with trying, no. you know, he was coming. <laughs> that, that is the most dumbest thing. One, you could clearly tell he wasn't defending the rim or help defense. If, if you're going to help defense, you still have to keep an eye on the person you were originally defending. Yeah. You, you, can't, <laughs> you can't just turn. His back was turned to Gary Harris. There was no, I'm sitting here trying to defend both sides and still trying to defend my man. No, he completely lost sight of Gary Harris. His eyes was simply on Jokic. Even Jokic himself said, I guess he just fell asleep. It was very obvious that he just wasn't defending Gary Harris anymore. and He was just in the middle of the lane. Now, if you want to say that he was trying to help defend on, on um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was on Ferguson's band or whatever. I, I guess you could say that, but to believe that Jokic will be able to get off a pass quick enough to get to that person and no one else react because it was going to have to be a rainbow pass because it was going to have to be over defenders, all that stuff, the, the odds of that happening is very, very slim. Yeah. So that cross-court pass, too, was phenomenal. Did you see the accuracy of that pass, bro? <laughs> I well, that's Jokic. That. That's Jokic, man. That's Jokic. <laughs> yeah, it was so because you got to have the IQ to know. That there's a play going on behind the scenes. You see Westbrook fall asleep. Then you dish it past so accurate. And it was almost like a bullet. You know, Westbrook's a pretty athletic guy. You got to keep in mind, he's going to sprint to close out. The fact that he could even tip that is crazy. I just think Westbrook is dangerously close to being associated popularly. You know, some people that focus in and you break down the plays, you might already know. But I think the general public noticed 
one time. Westbrook's huge laps defensively cost him a game. And if this happens one more time, bro, he's going to start being put in that camp with horrible defenders. And the thing is, is he's not one, I don't think. He just is out. It, I, I can't. It has to be a lack of focus. Because if Westbrook is 100% focused the same way he is when he plays Kevin Durant, Yo, you think he's leaving Stephen Curry open when they're playing the Warriors? He doesn't have but that he same does, focus. Though. He, he does. No, he not like that, those... though. Not even remotely like well, that. Not, well, not but not to that extent. But he, he had, if you watch him play the Warriors, he'll leave people wide open. If you watch him play the Knicks, he'll leave people wide open. If you watch him, watch, if you watch him play any team, he consistently leaves players wide open. The difference is with the Nuggets and the Warriors, there aren't, there aren't too many players on the team that can't shoot threes, especially on the perimeter. So he's a bit more receptive to an extent. But when he's playing other teams, he's uh, not guarding the most um, offensive. He normally isn't guarding the most offensively potent player on the team. That's normally Roberson and PG. And he gets left with the weakest player. So he can thus kind of play that free safety type of role in which he's athletic enough to still close out on the worst offensive player on the perimeter. So that's the role he kind of plays where he kind of roams around and he's lucky that he plays in today's NBA in which you can do so but he doesn't really in my opinion I've already I wouldn't necessarily go as far as saying he's in a camp of a bad defender like in a curry range but he's that I don't I don't view Russell Westbrook as an elite defender nor do I even view him as a great defender he's a good defender at best who has the potential to be an elite defender however he just doesn't take it serious enough to be that great of a player because Russell what like you said the athleticism that he displays he could easily be one of the best defenders in the NBA. Easily. Easily. All right, Lo. Um, I feel like I have to bring that up. At least his laps in defensive judgment made for probably the most exciting game so far this year. Remember, um, I think it was Stephen Curry shot like that half-court shot last year for the win in some ridiculous ending. Do you remember that game? It almost reminded me of... I think it was against the Pelicans, if I'm not mistaken. But it was one of those games where, like, just the... the First of all, Jamal Murray balled out. Could we talk about how the young Canadian was out there hooping and buckled Stephen Adams? Literally embarrassed him. Almost that ended was his cra- career. That's the craziest crossover I've seen in a while. Because Stephen Adams' <laughs> Stephen Adams' whole ankle was like, nah, I give up, I give up, I give up. Did bro. you see you his it. knee buckle, man? If you get a chance to put it in slow motion and watch his knee buckle... You will get so much pleasure out of it, man. I had to watch it back so many times. The, the loop was just continuous. I had that shit rolling. And every time he did that step back, Jamal Murray was talking about it after the game. He said as he was going up for the shot, he saw Steven Adams fall and his eyes just lit up. And of course, Jamal Murray is Jamal Murray. He stepped back, pulled up, and he banged that from long distance, man. Oh, man, what a great game. Anyway, look. Two, 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 two things. One, I would hate to be a big man in today's NBA because Definitely. bigs have so many responsibilities, especially on the defensive end, where you got to switch on screens, you got to stay in front of players. Yeah. And then as soon as a switch happens, like you're literally one move away, one really good dribble move from just falling almost yep. every time. Like that's that's Which, crazy. Which, low, that, I, have that, to, I have to bring this up. Did this, The same play happened. There was like 30 seconds left. Westbrook switched with, uh, I think it was Steven Adams, big man. So Steven Adams picked up ball with 30 seconds left to go on a play where they easily could have just stayed on their man. It was just weird. So I don't know. I think that's something coach called because they seem like they didn't even have to communicate. They just knew what the call was. Well, well, I'll I'll say this. 
when it comes to their defense on the pick and roll, they either switch or blitz and they ice out the player a lot of times. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, again, that may be just, that may indeed be um, a great example of Billy Donovan just being a horrific coach because icing in today's NBA just doesn't work, especially when you have a big like Jokic that's a really good passer. So you can just dump it off the Jokic and you can make the right pass. So I, I don't, I don't understand how they still function that way. However, I will give credit to, PG and Roberson, they tend to fight over the screen much more frequently than everyone else does. So I, I definitely, but Roberson is out for the for what seems to be the rest of the season. So that yeah. that doesn't, it's not a good look on the defensive end. Yeah, I just thought it was weird. Westbrook had an opportunity to to close the game out on the defensive stand, but he decided to just let the switch happen and switch to the corner and kind of play like a, a as a role player, as if like he didn't really want the responsibility to lock down somebody. Uh, anyway, Lo, there's, there's rumors that came out, man, which there's 0% chance there's any merit to. No, I didn't uh, know 0% chance, man. What are you talking about? It's 0%. If it's not there's 0, no it's in the 0% negative. There's no 0% chance, man. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. We're trying to build our, um, our, our MyGM teams, bro. Go ahead and say it, bro. Yeah, it's literally a MyGM play. So uh, probably coming from LeBron's camp in an attempt to get some leverage, uh, there were rumors that LeBron is open to taking... Uh, a meeting, a conference, basically to talk free agency with the Warriors. Which, by the way, is like, can you imagine LeBron coming out with that information? So I'm assuming LeBron got someone to leak that information. So that one, the Warriors management could be like, LeBron, really? Because you had to clear cap to get someone like LeBron. You'd have to take some risks. And some people that are on the team now wouldn't be on the team next year, so you can make space for LeBron. So there's one, you might be messing with the management of the Warriors. Two, the Cavs are in chaos. They're not in this situation to be talking about next year. And LeBron went on a, a post-conference after a game, and he said, stop talking to me about this. This is the last time I'm going to answer something like this. Let's just focus on our team. There's absolutely no merit to that, which is, of course, everything you'd expect him to say. But as with anything, bro, social media lit up. They had... If LeBron goes to the Warriors, I'm not watching basketball. Honestly, I'd take like a cool two-decade break from basketball if LeBron went to the to the Warriors. I'd be done. You couldn't, you couldn't watch basketball no more? I'd be done. I'd be finished, man. Why can't, K- why can't you watch basketball anymore, Hey, man? KD almost... If, once I seen that KD trade, I almost just packed my bags and left to Austria, man. Because I was you just like you this... You don't, like, you don't like when super teams get together? <laughs> <laughs> it ruins and they it, just, man. And low, they, completely, they completely Who's the, championship the whole this competitive year? nature. Who's winning like the championship? Man? Who do I win in the championship? Yeah. I don't know, man. The... It's kind of it's kind of up in the air. Right? It's not up in the air at all. And that's the worst part is we just know it's going to be the Warriors. Unless there's injuries, it just is one team and everybody nah, except bro, just Cap. think about it. It could be the Rockets. <laughs> it could be the Rockets. I am mad. You know what? I'd be happy if the Rockets won. I'm not going to lie, bro. That'd be a good, a good switch up. But it won't happen with both teams healthy. Um, I'll say this. Um, okay, we're 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 gonna. I'll, I'll say this first, because I think we all both. It's a joke. Like this idea that LeBron is gonna go to that Warriors team. It's a joke. So first, let's kind of get that out the way. I don't believe it's gonna happen. Like Agent said, said I just think it's something that LeBron Camp leaks. Which is a side note. LeBron Camp, he consistent. They always leak things as if we don't know it's them who's leaking it. <laughs> Like it's the most dumbish. Like <clears throat> last year, I was kind of, I was kind of back and forth trying to figure out, you know, who was leaking, always leaking stuff in, in Cleveland. 
Now, this year, Kyrie's not there anymore, so I'm like, all right, it can't be Kyrie who's leaking it. Then we kind of, a few podcasts ago, we kind of, like, figure out, is it Isaiah's team? Is it XYZ? Which I still think some some of Isaiah had to do something with their possibly Jay Crowder. However, then I found out that there were certain people who were saying that the um the NBA All-Star drafting, the first nine to ten picks were leaked. So I'm like... LeBron is also part of that as well. What's up? It's Justin from the Driving Dish NBA podcast. When I was in eighth grade, I switched from wearing glasses to contacts because I liked playing the game of basketball. And ever since then, I've had to deal with getting contacts, which takes way too long. You have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time. It always kind of smells weird in there. That all changed when I found simplecontacts.com. You show them a picture of your prescription. You pick the brand of contacts that you use. You put in your address and they're on their way. And so much cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you need contacts took me about 15 minutes right before i left for work and we're gonna save you 30 dollars off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com slash almighty or use the enter code almighty at checkout that's 30 dollars off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash almighty or enter the code almighty at checkout just remember this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam they only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 2020 vision they don't write completely new rx's or examine eye health okay so is is that not lebron leaking that is like that's again that's more of lebron is always in the equation he was in last year's cavaliers drama this year's Cavaliers drama, and now when it comes to the All Star, I mean, he's the main guy. He's always going to be in the drama. But me, keep in mind, like I'm just low, saying, he's always he's always in the equation of something crazy? being leaked. LeBron so has been him. in the league so long, and he hasn't had a scandal. No one's accused him of anything crazy. He's been picture perfect, clean. I can only imagine, you know, either he's the most wholesome dude on planet Earth, or he just does a really good job of managing his reputation and the perception people have of him. And maybe one of the ways he, he manages to do, do that is by leaking information to make people think certain things. And then when he hops on a conference, uh, a post-game press conference and responds saying, yo, stop talking about that. I'm all about my team, period, period, period. Then we know, oh, he's all about the team. We're good. But maybe more interesting than all of the leak talk, low is the LeBron fans on social media. I've seen some guys like Cash Nasty, of course, the other diehard Cavs fans and LeBron fans defend a potential move which to is Warriors, the craziest saying, shit in the world so again before we get into this I, I think it's a joke agent thinks it's a joke i don't think definitely. it's going to happen i think like you said he's only doing it to leverage himself in a situation not only to the Cavs but to everyone else to kind of just let everyone know that a lot of a lot of options are on the table yeah um but <clears throat> as i clear my throat for the fucking third time <laughs> it, when it comes to lebron going to the warriors LeBron could never be in my top 10 anymore. He would plummet easily. He, so he would plummet. And, and if he were to lose while on the Warriors, Ooh. he definitely Ooh. would never. He wouldn't even be in a conversation anymore. LeBron yeah. couldn't even. There, there's no way that if he were to go on that team that anyone could even dare to have a conversation with me about how LeBron is better than Michael Jordan or even in a conversation than Michael Jordan. But you, the weird thing from yo people and, were and saying, wait, wait, let me say this, let me say this real quick, yo for the people out there who are defending that man, shut the fuck up, bro. Like I don't know what you talking about. That is the most that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. You Cash Nasty killed Kevin Durant last, or two years ago. 
for that. The same fact that we're defending LeBron, that's crazy. The thing is, is the people defending the move don't think it's like what KD did because they think KD, what KD did is blasphemous. How dare you go to the team that beat you in order to win? LeBron, aside from I don't know how 3-1 happened. Well, I do. Draymond got suspended one game, the whole ordeal, etc. We won't get into that. To believe that these two situations are even remotely different. LeBron is going to lose every single year to this specific Warriors team if they played the series over and over and over again. There's just too much talent because we're... People make the excuse LeBron doesn't have talent. I disagree. The Warriors, even if KD has a bad game, all you need is Stephen Clay to step up and you still win the game. And it's always going to be like that. Unless the whole team is off, which can you imagine? All four, Draymond, a lot of big four being off. It won't happen. So it's the same situation. KD left to go to the Warriors. He ruined parity. Boom. LeBron, if he goes to the Warriors and you're okay with that move, then you're a hypocrite at the biggest possible way. The, the biggest hypocrite of all, especially if you just spent the last two years criticizing and memeing KD for making that exact same move. So uh, I thought that was an interesting part of everything, especially because we knew it was fake, but some people took it as if it was serious. And then just regardless, it's just like, it, it just gets to the point where no matter what LeBron does, people can find a way to defend it. And I guess that goes with any superstar, but I didn't see it coming down like this. I thought even LeBron fans would go, no way, it's fake. And some of them did. But I saw some of them jump in like, but even if it was real, I was like, don't start with that bullshit, man. Don't but start here, with even a, if it was. Here's here's a funny part about LeBron fans. For the last three years now, because I this, this is the other argument I've heard. For the last three going on four years now, the argument for why LeBron should be better or at least considered in the same argument with Michael is that even though, yeah, he doesn't have the same amount of championships, you have to put championship in context and rings aren't everything. Now, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, well, if, if we're just counting rings, I guess this is the only way LeBron can get his rings. I'm like, what the? Y'all are literally contradicting <laughs> the entire argument you had for the last three years now. Like, it's the most, like, this man Nick Wright went on TV was saying like, oh, well, I guess if we're just counting rings, that's that would you you've literally made a counter argument against that argument for three years now. So now you're going to renege on it just because you're trying to justify a move that wouldn't make any sense at all. This is like if I'm again, I'm just saying that if you're a LeBron fan, I'm sorry. I don't care what what happens to you and your love affair with LeBron. If he goes to the Warriors, I would go even far as saying if he even contemplates doing it. But if he goes to the Warriors, bro, like, it's done. Like, there's no way you can even have a conversation with, about him being compared to anyone in the top 10. Yeah. Some of those LeBron uh, riders is O-D-O-D with their, with their love. Like, LeBron could say something like, yo, Hitler was kind of cool. And they'd be like, hey, I'm not going to lie, bro. He did some pretty good stuff in his life. I'm like, yo, how do you defend anything a guy says? Like, some of the stuff you should just know is fake and just accept that it's fake and don't even dive into the what-ifs. If I'm not even a LeBron fan like that. But I know because he went back to Cleveland, he cares about his legacy. The worst thing he could do, especially based off what we just seen happen to Kevin Durant, is go to a team that just finished beating you in the last three years twice. And to do that would destroy the legacy he's been working towards. 
And especially as a person who is trending and could potentially become the greatest of all time at the end of his career based on how everything goes, that is the last thing you want to happen. So the first time I heard the news, I was like, it's obviously fake. But I hopped on Twitter to see what people were talking about. Yeah, people are wild, man. People saying crazy shit. You know how it is on Twitter. But anyway, I don't want to stay on this note here. I just thought I don't it was stay on this note either. Bit. I don't want to stay on uh, it because I don't believe it's true. So I don't want to stay on right. this note. So, Lo, uh, there's been the rookie of the year, surprisingly. This this year, the rookie class has been pretty phenomenal. Uh, one of the guys nobody is really expected. Though? Is it surprising? It was. It was. Because every, remember, yo, Lo, almost every year people come out saying, this rookie class is crazy. And then a nah, lot of the time, I, it's, I know, I, not, not as much as this. I think a lot of people kind of just knew because, like, the last two ones, like everyone knew it was it was nothing really but Brandon Ingram and, and Ben Simmons in the last draft. No, 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 stop! Don't do that, bro. Because plenty of times, man. Because I keep in mind, I don't pay attention to college basketball. So the only time I start to hear information about the draft is a few weeks prior to when it's televised, and I start to hear the rumors and the articles of this draft class could be all time, and then. You know, the year goes on, and there's years where you're like, I wouldn't even put any of these rookies on a starting lineup. And this year's been so opposite. One of the players that stood out, of course, is Donovan Mitchell. Incredible explosiveness. And honestly, like, I thought this, I thought what Donovan Mitchell is doing right now, Rodney Hood would be able to do for for the Jazz, but... Rodney Hood? Rodney Hood? I had some potential for Rodney Hood, bro. You thought Rodney Hood would be dropping 40 bombs? (laughs) (laughs) I had some hope for Rodney Hood, man. He's Yo, I thought he was going to be a dope guard in the NBA. We haven't heard much of him this season, but uh, is Donovan Mitchell a lock for Rookie of the Year, or you think that there's a potential fight at the end of the season for it? I don't. I don't think he's a potential. I don't think he's a lock just yet. But it is very interesting because I think entering the year, I thought it was going to be definitively Ben Simmons, and now here we here we are, a little over halfway the regular season, and Donovan Mitchell he's progressing in such a way that his overall stats are improving pretty significantly. Mind you that Rudy Gobert uh, has missed a significant amount of games, like you said, Rodney Hood he's missed games as well. And so this team isn't even a hundred percent healthy. I would only imagine how well they, how well off they would have been if this team could stay healthy. But Donovan Mitchell so far is a borderline twenty point score. I think he will eclipse that mark by the end of the season. He's giving you three rebounds, three assists, a steal and a half. Shooting splits are forty five percent and thirty five percent from behind the arc. Mind you. That is with the slow start that he he had in the beginning of the season. If we were to just look at, let's say, the last... Let me try, I'm trying to figure out if I can get the last 20 games real quick. If we look at the last... Oh, wait, wait. I think I got it. All right, bam. Yeah. If we look at the last 20 games, we're talking about a 22-point score, four rebounds, three assists, nearly two steals, almost shooting 50% from the field and yeah. 35% from the, behind the arc. So Donovan Mitchell has been spectacular the only argument that will separate him and Don and Ben Simmons is I think people will say well Ben Simmons team is winning more however I don't really I think that has a lot more to do with Joel Embiid at this point than Ben Simmons however I, I think people will say the winning of the Philadelphia 76ers and they will look at Ben Simmons um assist and rebounds and probably favor him as having a quote-unquote better stat line which is ridiculous however I, I just think that Donovan Mitchell is putting up a much better argument for rookie of the year than I think a lot of people anticipated in the beginning of the season. So on the next podcast, we're going to be doing a bit where we create a bunch of trades that we'd like to see happen at trade deadline. And I'm looking at the charts right now, man. The, the way that Donovan Mitchell is playing 
And the amount of strength and potential backpack he's going to have to put on and carry for this team until, of course, Gobert can get back and get some consistent games, get healthy. Honestly, I'd like to see Rodney Hood be moved, man. He's only shooting 41% this year, et cetera, et cetera. But well, he's crazy. He's, he, well, he, hasn't, he hasn't been healthy, though. I, I, I get that. But, I mean, he's doing decent still. 16, 16 points per game uh, from a young guy on top of the fact that they got Donovan Mitchell. It just seems like they're doubling up, kind of like Denver right now at PG. They just have they're doubled up at PGs for no real reason, um, but yeah, I, I'd I take know, Donovan I Mitchell know, over. But Ronnie Hood's he's six eight. He can easily play the the three. I wouldn't put him at the three though. Yeah, I know he not he not. I don't think he's big enough to play the three. But I don't I don't know I don't I don't think it's that hard because they might end up just putting Donovan Mitchell at the point guard position. To be honest with you, that would be interesting. I mean, he already has like uh, he's almost getting three turnovers a game, but. Uh, <laughs> he might start adding yeah, to that if he's a primary ball handler. If he just increases his three-point shooting a little bit. Uh, honestly, I'd rather see Donovan Mitchell take rookie of the year this year than Ben Simmons, which is crazy because at the start of the year, especially the first month, two months, I didn't think nobody even stood a chance to come close to the way Ben Simmons is playing. I was about to say, Ben Simmons was playing so good in the beginning of the season. I, I, I was legit about to make a video about how he might have the best rookie year in, that we've seen in a while. <laughs> that, I mean, you know people would have dated back to that video like that that man Lowe doesn't know what he's talking about you see how Donovan Mitchell came out of yeah. nowhere and he won <laughs> I, had to, I, uh, had to, I had to real quick pump 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 the brakes oh wow All that, right. was that was too corny that was so cringy man <laughs> I know you're a Budden fan but that was cringy my guy and shout Come out to on, my man yo. Joe Budden bro. All right, that, was, that was a little too much so we're gonna, we gonna move on to something else yeah he'd, he'd be embarrassed if he heard that I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna lie. lie as I was saying it I was like this is so corny but I have to finish it off real quick pause 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 yeah we're gonna have to put like a counter on this podcast of the, the the levels of corniness and you definitely outbeat everybody there with that one yeah, um, we so hello man Jabari Parker came back Yo it was one of the feel good moments I don't know if you watched the clip when he first uh, Checked into the game Yo the crowd was into it And you could just see a guy with like Two huge injuries That just leveled people's careers He's back in the game The crowd was going wild for him And considering that Chris Middleton Isn't doing too hot this year He's not shooting great percentages I'm sure he's going to rebound eventually He's a good three point shooter Low man, is Jabari Parker going to be good this year? I just know that when you have that many injuries that are that significant, you come back and you might not be the same Jabari Parker that they drafted. Well, the one thing I liked what I saw last night is that he he still found his places and he was very aggressive when he was coming off the bench. Is what, and I definitely like that. Um, he was able to score a quick, a quick 12 points in only 15 minutes and they were very efficient shots as well. So that that is what I do like. The only thing that I'm concerned is him trying to get his feet underneath him. How long is going to take him to get on the floor as a starter and, and him getting acclimated to the new offense since Jason Kidd is no longer there. So those yeah. are the things that I, I definitely have a problem with. Um, however, because Malcolm Brogdon just went down as well, it, it's, it's very interesting how this team has been structured, unfortunately, for the past two years now because they haven't really had everyone healthy at the exact same time. But whenever that day comes and it, it feels like this year is kind of a wash because Jabari Parker, we're in February and he's just now getting back and now Brian is gone. So they really don't have that many games to really get uh, acclimated with one another. Yeah. Um. But whenever that day happens, this team will be scary because I feel like Jabari Parker when healthy is a legitimate 
I think I think he's actually better than Chris Middleton. I just think Chris Middleton has been putting up twenty points just because uh, they need it. They need it. I don't know. Options. I'd rather have Chris Middleton, but I think Jabari has better upside, which I don't know how that changed with all these injuries. But I read an interesting tweet, Low. Uh I forgot who tweeted it, but it was one of the one of the beat writers in the NBA. And he mentioned that Bucks fans are generally disappointed that their team isn't a top four team in the East right now. How does and, that I don't know how can you say that if Jabari Parker hasn't been there? I don't understand that. What do you mean? If Jabari Parker isn't there, how can you expect him to be a top four seed? Because they were still solid without him last year. I mean, if, if what they did in the playoffs is any indication, they were going to come into this year, all improved in the offseason. Giannis is blowing up, doing amazing. But it seems that Giannis never gets criticism. And almost as if what's, like, what's happening to LeBron, it's like they just look for excuses everywhere around Giannis to point blame at why the Bucks team isn't more successful or as successful as some fans think that they should be. Now, some of it granted should go towards Eric Bledsoe, who definitely is going to have to step up with Brogdon down. I'm about down. to say, Bledsoe looking hella suspect right now. Some some of it might be at Thon Maker. He's been getting inconsistent minutes, and he's defensively he's not too hot, but he's a player with high potential that isn't shooting the three ball too good this year, but last year showed that he he could he could knock down those threes. So they're just in a weird spot, man. I don't know. The team is a lot of nothing. They got Tony Snell, John Henson, Della Vadova. He's got a bunch of role players on one team and maybe some good starters like Chris Middleton and Bledsoe and then Giannis. And so they got a new coach. They're looking to breach that top four and establish themselves as a dominant team in the East, but they haven't been able to do that yet. They're like they're inconsistent they with the wins. Look at look at the top four teams in the East. How are they better? How are they? Are they they're not better even even when all of them are healthy. They're not. I think a lot of people expected them to be better than the the Raptors for sure. Uh, the Raptors you, I mean, well, to start the hate, season. Pe- do you remember hate on the Raptors? People hate on the Raptors. You right. Do you remember the start of the season? Everyone's like Washington's gonna be better than the Raptors. So yeah, are the Bucks. So are the Pacers. They always do it every year. But I think when the projection started to begin the year, a lot of people had the Bucks top four. Some had it top three. Some had it top two. And so, with that being the expectation, I think that just because they're sixth right now, twenty eight and twenty three, they're below Miami and Washington. And Washington has been dealing, and Miami, both teams have been dealing with a load of injuries to their star players. It's one thing to have Jabari injured. Giannis is the star player. But John Wall's been down, right? And Bradley Beal's been carrying, balled out against my Raptors the other day. Uh, and with Deion Waiters out and all the injuries to Miami, you'd think they wouldn't be up there too. So I get the frustration. I just don't know if it has any merit. I don't know if you could be frustrated in a team that I think is performing at least what I expected them to perform so far this year. As a as a side note, they're one game removed from the fourth seed. So Milwaukee Bucks fans, calm the fuck down. You know, y'all are one game removed. And like you said, the the team that is the fourth seed is a Washington Wizards, and they don't have John Wall. So it's not like it's even impossible for them to make the fourth seed. Like it's not it's not even that big of a deal. Like calm yeah. down. Like yeah. just calm down. It's not. It's not that crazy. But one interesting thing you pointed out about Giannis, and this is something that a lot of a lot of casual fans don't understand. And I'm not blaming him because I mean he, he's just not entering this this part of his career where he is a dominant player. But Giannis has to understand, and it's the same. There's a thing that LeBron failed to realize is that even though yes, you have the talents to do everything, it doesn't benefit the team for you to do everything. And That's when you put someone in a, in a situation like that, it can end up hurting the team more so than it ends up helping them because everyone 
it, it, it comes to a point where you can kind of plug them in in any, any place and you still be successful. And then it turns into everyone on the team is just heavily dependent on that player. And that's right. that's the fine line that you have to that, that you have to realize. And LeBron, I feel like, especially there's been a lot of parts in his career, especially right now, where teams his team is more so dependent on him rather than you just plugging him in in, in certain situations and still finding success. So Giannis has to understand that, and and hopefully everything works out for him because him just going out there being a double double player while nearly averaging five assists, that I mean, it just doesn't. It's it seem it sounds great for the stat line, especially for the people out there who love fantasy basketball. But at some point, it might end up hurting him more than it helps the team. Definitely, uh, I think a lot of it was just the Bucks are victim to what was like maybe at best average, but just like not, not great coaching whatsoever. So that switched up, and they're gonna have to learn a whole new style of mid season with Jason Kidd gone, and hopefully that changes things. And I imagine they'll be able to beat. Miami, and definitely now that John Wall is down, probably the Wizards, who, by the way, are on a three-streak somehow. They're performing pretty decent without him, uh, which we need to start giving Bill more credit. But the Bucks fans, relax. Yes, we do. We do need to give Bill more credit. I'm happy you said that because I said that on Twitter. Give Bill more credit. I'm sorry to cut you off, but give Bill more credit, bro. Like I agree with that 100%. He... I didn't honestly think, because remember when Beal, early on a few years ago, he was getting injured a lot, Low, We knew he was a phenomenal player, phenomenal shooter, but he was getting injured so much, we never really saw him develop as a player. But it seems that John Wall's injury this year, on a season where it's not like they would have won regardless against Cleveland, Toronto, or Boston, allowed for Beal to develop and to, it, it just, when he comes back, and now they got this whole new Bradley Beal, who last year proved and this year for sure told the NBA for facts, that he's he's a he's a star player, and honestly, he should have been like he should be an all star consideration from this year moving forward if he's playing the way he's playing right now. And the way he was destroying the Raptors in the fourth quarter, I haven't seen anything like it, bro. <laughs> you know, and to do that without without John Wall is crazy. But uh, the East at the end of the day is still looking kind of kind of weak. You know, Philadelphia squeezing in there at the. At the eighth spot, and Indiana still doing pretty decent. I, I'll even go as far as say this though: going back to Milwaukee, if I'm the Cavs, I do not want to face Milwaukee in the first round. I do. I don't want to face him. I'd rather would? face Milwaukee than Indiana. Oh hell no! Because because the the thing the reason I said is because LeBron would have no choice but to guard Giannis. Like that, Giannis is such a player in which you can't even Le- flirt with the he idea could do that, of. Though. Huh? He LeBron could guard Giannis. It's not. It's not that he can or he can't. It's just that he's such a dominant player. You can't flirt with the idea of anyone else guarding him, which means that LeBron will thus have to use some of his energy on a defensive end. What you mean, yo? They have Jay Crowder on the team now, stop, who's a lockdown stop, stop, defender. Stop! 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 stop. <laughs> he, they're gonna have to use. They're gonna have to put LeBron on Giannis, and he's gonna have to use some of his energy on a defensive end, which is something they that they have been trying to avoid for several seasons now. And Giannis, especially what I saw last year in the postseason, Giannis he'll have games where he he ain't no Paul George player. He gonna really put it on you, like he he gonna go out there and really try to demolish. Did you just you. disrespect Paul George, by the way. No, I just think Giannis is better than Paul George. I just think that, that's all it is. And I that's just an think interesting they, debate, but I disagree. Oh my God, AJ! Come on, come on, come on! Because you're forgetting Paul George can stretch the floor. 
right? Agent, when Giannis, agent, agent, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, just chill out for a second. Let's chill out for a second. I'm not saying which player has better potential. No, 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 no. I'm saying right now, Giannis is better than Paul George. All right, defensively, I think both of them are elite. Right, top ten. Giannis is like the Giannis is top five. Okay, I'll put Paul George in top ten then. You can see, you could argue because of Giannis's physical attributes that he's a better defender. Duh. Um, on offense, Giannis is a dominant force. But I think when you, if you had to choose between the two, the only way you choose Giannis is if you're sure that you could surround him with three point shooters, which I'm, you can I'm argue. I'm positive I could do that. But keep in mind, players like Chris Middleton are three point shooters, and they're only shooting thirty five percent on the season. So. Well, he's, when you he's, have a, he's just having a bad season, but I, I, I get that. But even Brogdon, we thought was going to develop and maybe start to get some more some more rhythm this year, and he hasn't really. But he's been doing all right. I just don't think that the team right now that they have around Giannis is ideal for the way that he plays right now. Yo, if he could develop a three pointer, he'd be deadly. But here's what I know about Paul George, though. Contrary to popular belief, that man is a beast. Defensively, you could put him on the best player on any team, and he'll do as good a job as any at locking that player down. And if the other day wasn't any indication, he could shoot the three ball like no other, right? He said he's fine being a player that's second or third on the team, right? Getting his shots when he gets his shots, playing around the way that Westbrook likes to play. But let's not disrespect Paul George and pretend like he couldn't lead a team to doing better, or at least equivalent to how the Bucks are doing right now. Come on, he can't man. We see him. He can't. He can't though. We seen him do it with Indiana. You're acting like there's no evidence yeah, of this. A, date back, weaker, man. In a in a weak conference, yeah. Milwaukee's in that same weak conference. Date back to no. This this when... conference is definitely better than that conference back then. All right. So date back. Paul George has what? Roy Hibbert on his team. George Hill. Let's not act. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not act like those players during that time period were not playing great basketball. Don't, because that's what Kobe, Ray, that's Ray what Kobe Hibber, hated to do, was, to say was, Kobe uh, didn't really win those champions. Pal Gasol and Bynum were so great. Don't make that argument. Pal was. You know, Pal, Pal was great. Huh? Look, I, you're, not, were, you're definitely not going to hear me not say that But Pal we know the reason great. they won the championship was because of Kobe. So in the same instance, when Paul George is I'm going not, up I'm against not, I'm not discrediting Paul George. I just, I'm saying let's not act like that team wasn't built a specific way to win basketball games. You don't have to be an all-star. It was a very different a, team. But keep keep this in mind, though, because I watched a whole lot of those Indiana games. Are you wait? Let's wait, 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 wait. Where where does Giannis rank right now? Not just as defenders, as a player, because we can end this conversation fairly quickly. Are we talking about this season, or are we yes. talking about yes this this year? I, I, here's the thing: I put Giannis over Paul George, but why the I don't fuck know who's are the, we having this conversation in? Because you just you you disrespect the Paul George as if he wasn't even in the conversation, my guy. He's not. He's not a top 10 player this year. I agree with that. So what is the converse in Giannis' but, is a top but 10 that's player, because, right? That's because, all right, but keep this in mind, Lo. Paul George isn't going to have the most statistically appealing season because of the team he's playing on and the system he's playing in. And he's, so, having, he's having a very similar season he had last year, Agent. No, because this year he's taking a backseat to other players. He wasn't doing that last year. Last year he was required to carry. And what you're forgetting about that Pacers team is when they have Frank Vogel coaching. They were very inconsistent on offense, and you could and you did blame. Paul I remember George we had is inconsistent on offense. He was. Himself. He was. But I think a lot of it also had to do with the offense they were running. But primarily, the reason why they were able to challenge the Heat and make some noise in the East, and why they were the second best team in the East for a few years stretch, was was because of their defense, man. 
And while everything fell apart, when Roy Hibbert just became a, he was moving like a straight bucket. They traded him away. And as the whole team deteriorated around Paul George, he still knew what he was doing. At the end of the day, he was locking folks down. And you could, Look, you could, you could, I, you could say I, some I of that was I Frank Vogel. We're having this conversation, but let me just, it, what let you me, mean, bro? It's a conversation. Let me let me let me dead this conversation. One, statistically, right. Paul George is having a very similar season in which he had last year, which is just I mean that's proof that Paul George is a really great player because when you get to a point where you can still put up very similar stats regardless of where you go because you're that important to a team. That is the first compliment I've seen you give the manager. I'm just, but I'm just saying, statistically, it's not that... I mean, we're talking about, what, he's averaging two fewer points, but he's still he's still, he's still still facilitating three assists. He's grabbing one less rebounds, and his shooting splits are basically the same. Sure, his free throw percentage has dipped pretty significantly, and his, um, his field goal percentage went down by 2%. However, his three-point percentage went up by, like, 3%. Like, he's having a very similar season in last year. So that's one. Two... Even if we were to look at last year's stats, last year's stats and his impact on an Indiana team, he still wouldn't be a top 10 player right now. He still wouldn't be. I agree with that. I so just don't what, like the fact that... We're saying that Giannis like, is a top 10 player yo, in the NBA. I, so when he played with Indiana, he had a high of 32% usage rate. He is a 25 right now with OKC. So but he's that's, not being but used. That, again, that's proof that that's how great of a player he is, that even All with right. the deterioration of his usage rating, he still is putting up very similar stats. That's I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a compliment. I'm not even acting like he's a scrub. I'm just saying that Giannis is a top 10. Many people would even argue he's a top 5 player in the NBA. I, I probably wouldn't go that uh, far. But he's definitely nah. a top 10 player. Paul yeah, George is not a top 10 player. He's not. So let's say... I don't even know if Paul. Nah, I gotta, I I gotta look at Giannis. it. You're Paul right. George might not even be a top fifteen right now. I have to right, look name, at it. name the top fifteen because you're just busy complimenting. Well, you, this is backhanded compliments. That's what we call it in the industry, low. Where you, you you give a guy a compliment followed by some disrespectful shit, man. But I don't know if he's top fifteen. I just know. Okay, uh, that's what I'm saying. He, you don't. All right, all right. Low, not I'm not clear. saying one's better than the other right now, man. I'm just saying the way you said that, my guy. It's not a com- it's like- not, but it's not it's not a conversation, bro. If, I agree. If, I agree. If, if one but player is we- clearly a top ten player and the other one isn't, then how is yeah, it? It's for not sure. a conversation. No, if Giannis could develop a three point shot, man, he' about to be top three in a heartbeat. Maybe even better. Than that. If Giannis uh, if Giannis develops a, a three point shot, he's about to be the best player. Because mm, you just said he's better than LeBron and KD, so take that back real quick. What would be what would be the difference at that point? Keep in mind, KD is seven foot with a wingspan, almost similar. Giannis is six eleven. What are you saying? I know, I know, but I'm just saying KD is very similar in physical attributes. And no, Giannis, could, Giannis is definitely stronger and bigger than KD. Here's the thing about KD: when is when is when it's the last game in the finals, KD will walk up and pull up a, a three in your eyeball, and he'll say, "Yo, what the fuck you think I was gonna do with the ball?" He he do it in your face and then walk off like it was nothing. You know when 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 Giannis can get to that point, we can talk about we can talk about all that. I that's hope what he I, can. That's what I'm saying. You just sat there saying, and if I think he will be three, able to. If Giannis, I think he'll be able to get to that point, but we don't. Oh, know. he'll never be able to get to that point. What? You don't think? Come on, Low. We've seen to, so many bad shooters to a, shooters to a turn. point where you can just walk into a three. Uh, definitely. I don't know if he'll get to that point. I mean, even players like Kyle Lowry weren't great shooters coming out. But they developed a three-point shot it's, and they became a, great It's a little at. bit different for someone who's a borderline seven-foot player to just be able to walk into threes like that compared to a guy. I mean, players like Chris Bosh did it, right? You just had to adjust walk to the way the game's being played. No, not no walking into a three, that's, but that's being what, able to shoot the three I don't think Giannis will get to that point where he's walking into threes. 
I'm sure he won't get to like the levels where he's hard and comfortable with shooting the three, but he could definitely get to like Jokic comfortable. The only the only aspect I can say that he'll get to is like LeBron, Jokic, like that type of comfortable. Or well, LeBron like, is comfortable pulling up. He's done it. He, especially I mean, in the he playoffs, hasn't, he hasn't been he hasn't been good over the last like twenty games, but. He'll get he'll no, get no. In the regular season, maybe not. But in the playoffs, LeBron will pull up in your face. Oh, he'll he'll and he pull up. But what I'm saying, is, I'm saying like, I think there's still a difference between like Kevin Durant and James Harden level of comfortable comfortability and LeBron's. Like LeBron isn't cre- he ain't creating his shot consistently from behind the yard like that's those fast. two are. Like that, that's yeah. I think that's the difference of three point shooting. LeBron still has like a set shot for his three point shot. Like you know what I'm saying. Uh, he doesn't have a set shot though. But I I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's like he has to like pause and think about it. And then like, I'm talking about like he he's still on the on the like I have to be balanced. My feet have to be set. Pull up. Yeah, like, bro. Trust me. I know, man. I be studying jump shots, man. I be whereas, whereas live, Katie, bro. where Katie and Curry and and James Harden, bro, they they they'll, they'll be just dribbling between the legs, and then you give them too much space, bro. They just pull up in your face, bro. I, like, that's crazy. <laughs> but Giannis, I don't think Giannis ever get to that point. I say all that to go back to Giannis doesn't have to be a deadly three point shooter for he him does. to be definitively better than Paul George of all oh, players. Okay, of no, all, all right. players. Anyway, so I don't even worry. Nah, I, I see what you're saying. If, if I flip the script, you put Paul George on on the Bucks and vice versa. Then I think we'd see a, a very different team. Nah, that might not be a good look though with Westbrook and Roberson. I'm about to say like Westbrook, Roberson, and um, and Giannis. Yeah. I don't think that would work. No. And Stephen Adams, bad shooters all around. Anyway, uh, I just thought it was an interesting thought. I feel like we got to put some more respect on Paul George. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge you every single time you go ahead and disrespect a player like that, low. That's just um, you. That's you with the infatuation of Paul George. I told you it's not infatuation. I told right? you, no, I told you years ago that Paul George is inconsistent. He was like, nah, nah, he's not. I think the offense he's running on is inconsistent. Is he inconsistent now? I think he is. <laughs> what? <laughs> he just gets what the defense gives him. Now he doesn't have to force it because Westbrook is is busy chugging him. You see how Westbrook is Westbrook, in the corner. Westbrook is busy forcing it. <laughs> Yo, Westbrook was eyeing a guy down late in the fourth quarter, right in his face, and then just decided to pull up for a corner three. I was like, Westbrook, that is not your shot. But it hit, and when it hits, you can't really be mad. I was like, all right, it's whatever. But, uh, you know, so I guess he delegates the reckless shots now to to Russell Westbrook. Anyway, uh, low, some moves have been made. Uh, Greg Monroe was bought out. And which meant that he could have went to a, a, a bunch of different teams. And the team that I think offered him the most money and the best chance at a championship was the Celtics. So I don't know how on earth he's going to fit on the Celtics. I honestly think that he isn't needed on that team. And they're I just think, adding I think, players. Well, I, I completely disagree. I think it's a great fit. Why? Why? Well, he's not going to be a starter, obviously. He's going to be coming off the bench. Yeah. And I think that was their biggest problem is having some bench productivity scoring-wise. And so I, I think, in and my gonna opinion... it's going to come from I Greg think, Monroe, my guy? It's been coming from Greg Monroe on the Bucks for, like... First of all, Greg Monroe killed Yo. y'all on the postseason last year. Let's not act like Greg Monroe was not giving y'all so the So did Thornmaker, so did Brogdon. What does that mean, and how are they doing now? Exactly. Greg Monroe was still doing fine until they traded him. But I, for the the almost consensus on Twitter, from what I'm seeing from Bucks fans, is they didn't like him. Uh, and when he left the team, they were happy with the move. And so, well, they, they, left didn't, they didn't like him because defensively he hurt them defensively, and he and he wasn't. And so you just added Greg Monroe to the best defensive team in the NBA. 
Well, they, but they and, already have, but that's the thing. They already have defensive pieces. So why would you add even more defensive pieces to the team? They need so, offense. So, do you see a situation in which the Celtics are in a close game and they're struggling offensively? Maybe like they went two for their last seven and they want some buckets. Can you see them taking out Horford to put in Greg Monroe? No, that's not how, that's not how he's going to work. You're putting but that's in, what he'd be there for, for well, offense. You know, you, you're putting him in while you're taking out Horford and Kyrie to still get, I get some, that. some offense. You're not going to put him in. At the last shot, because he doesn't, he still doesn't space the floor. He doesn't, he doesn't space the floor at all. At so all. You're, you're, not, you're not, you're not putting him in in a situation of that magnitude. You're just putting him in to sustain some level of offense while your two offensive pieces, really your only two offensive pieces, are off the floor. That's the that's the only time you're doing it. I disagree with that mindset where you get an offensive piece what on the, the bench hell? to help create. How can you disagree Because I that? remember, because keep in mind, like the Raptors have been trying to do what you're talking about right now for a very long time. I mean, they've been a solid offensive team for a while, but when keep in mind when DeRozan Lowry went out, the team fell. So they brought on players like Lou Williams in the past, who offensive minded PGs, who were supposed to bring offense. But at the end of the day, what I realized about bench scoring. It doesn't necessarily have too much to do about the talent. Of course, when you have talented players on the bench, it makes it makes life so much easier. When you got guys that can make a shot that other people on average in the NBA would miss. But it matters on the coaching. The the, the play style, the ball movement, and I the agree. ability to create open shooters. I more agree. than just getting Greg Monroe and now offense going to be better. I guarantee you if we look a month from now and we look at the bench scoring and compare it, there's, I don't even know if it's going to go up. Or not even substantively. So I think I just made I, up a word. It's definitely going up. I, I agree. I agree with you. I disagree with that. Has to do with coaching, though. I do agree with you with that. However, in that in that mind state, they have Brad Stevens. So I don't understand how you could how you could still question that. I think Brad uh, Stevens is going to run some type of an offense that's not too complicated to just give him the ball in the low post and go to work. I mean, even in Phoenix, I mean, he was putting up eleven and eight. While only playing twenty three minutes, bro. Like he was, he was fine. He came in, did what he was supposed to do, and came right back out. I don't really think. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the. He's going to put them over the top or anything like that. But a player of his status should be recognized, especially on two K, in which now the Boston Celtics are my favorite team on two K because I kill anymore. Wow, <laughs> I kill anymore. But Greg uh, the Greg Monroe trade was fueled by the Gordon Hayward injury. Because Gordon Hayward got injured so quickly, uh, you know, the CBA went to work and they had about $8.4 million in injury exception to offer yeah. Greg Monroe, which was more than most other teams were able to offer him, plus the shot at a championship. Of course, he'll eat that one up. So Greg Monroe made a ton of money with the Bucks, got bought out from the Suns, still made that money, now is making $8 million more uh, with the Celtics. So... First of all, shout out to Greg Monroe for getting back. I was about to say, shout out to my man Greg. <laughs> shout out. So, I, yo, just, yo, I might, don't know how yo, he might he my highlight player of the other of the pod. Shout out to Greg <laughs> for the for the bag you just got, bro. Honestly, we need to like start highlighting some of these players finessing teams. Like you know how Gilbert finessed what was it Orlando or Memphis and and got that huge check and they had to put. I think they spent his uh the amnesty clause on him too, right? Yeah, 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 and Josh Smith, he had the stretch provision with the Pistons. Yeah, there's players out here really finessing organizations with really good agents. Low, it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's one of the cases. At eight million, Greg Monroe is a steal, but that's also more than I think he would have got from any other team. So, you know, that's as a bargain from him, he'll take it. True, true, true. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a really good fit. I just, I, I like Greg Monroe, so I don't, I don't really see it's. I don't know how anyone can say someone coming off the bench. 
giving them somewhere between 10 to 15 points is a problem with, with eight rebounds. Uh, but at the end of the day, at least for me, I'd rather see my bench locked down and create some opportunities off fast breaks or just pushing the tempo. But they do that as well, to, though. They, I mean, they I'm, have I'm, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier had a great night last night. So it's not, I mean, it's not like they don't have any pieces. It's just that offensively, the Celtics are, they're suspect at times. Not even at times, a lot of times. And they, they're heavily dependent on Kyrie and Aldridge because they're still, they still don't have, what it takes for them to really put them over the top. I'll say this though about the the um the Celtics, since we don't really show them enough love. The Celtics could possibly be in a situation in which next year they'll have Brandon, uh, I mean not Brandon, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum coming off the bench because Gordon Hayward will be a starter, which low key right. would actually make their make that team much better. Not to say that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum hasn't deserved the starting position because they both played great so far this season, especially um Jason Tatum. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised how well of a rookie he is. Me too. Yeah. Um, but to think that this team next year could have a lineup with Kyrie Irving, um, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, regardless of who you want to start, and then you have Gordon Hayward on the three, and whoever it wasn't starting out of the two young players coming off the bench. I mean, to me, that's that's really good. And you can run different lineups and stuff like that, run a little smaller. I think that's very interesting. However, I, I still don't think that's going to be enough to beat the Warriors, obviously. But it is still very interesting. I agree. Yep. At the end of the day, if you can't beat the Warriors, you need to rethink your situation. Honestly, while you were talking, though, I thought about the idea of trading Tatum while his value is skyrocket high right now, uh, which I don't know how smart it would be, but I just know that when Gordon Hayward comes back, his value is definitely, especially as statistically, he doesn't do as hot or he doesn't, his usage rate drops. He might not be as valuable. But anyway, oh, I, I can't I, imagine. Actually, like, actually, that's actually a really good qu- point real quick. Are, are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, are they really this good or are they now the new Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder? That's a, that's a really solid question, man. Because I don't, I mean, I'm again, I'm not trying to take anything away from them because, again, I think they both have played great. But I think it is very suspicious that those two young players have been able to play so well so quickly is a possibility yeah. that they're not really this great or they, po- they probably have a lot of potential. It's just that the system that they're playing in puts them in situations in which they're able to execute and capitalize at such a mark that they actually look way better than what they are. That's no knock on them. It's just that I'm seeing Jay Crowder and, and Avery Bradley right now in situations in which they're not able to function as successfully, and now I'm starting to question, especially Jay Crowder. I don't, I don't, I don't really, I never really thought Jay Crowder was really that great of a player, anyway. But it's interesting because if you are the Celtics, why not just trade one of them? Because, like you said, their value is so high. They're two young players, rookie contracts, restricted free agents sooner than later. You, you could probably get a lot more out of them, out of players that really aren't as good as a lot of people may be expecting just because they're playing in that system. So, that, I don't know. I think that is very interesting. Though. I think Lo, would you trade Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and a second-round pick for... No, and a first-round pick instead for Devin Booker? Hell no. What the fuck? <laughs> I thought you were about to say um, um, Anthony Davis. I might have to mess around and yeah, experiment. Why, why with would you? Why like would that. you want Devin Booker? Are you just saying in general? Or are you talking about Devin Booker for the Celtics? For the Celtics, How, why would you want Devin Booker and Kyrie Irving on the same team with one another? 
Well, I don't know necessarily how good the because here's how it works usually. When you have a lot of bench depth, you have an opportunity to bundle up a couple really high potential pieces or high value targets and trade them away for a potentially better piece. And so Devin Booker's an up and coming one. You you can imagine they have a shot. They Celtics have so much opportunities, man. If you're if you're the general manager of the Celtics, bro, your phone must be blowing up as it gets close to trade deadline. So many teams want what the Celtics have. They had what we could consider maybe next to the Timberwolves as like almost a picture-perfect rebuild where everything just worked out. Their draft picks did great. They were able to attract talent because, of course, they're Boston. And now they have a shot at a championship. Nah, they have a shot at the finals. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it was just a, a neat thought there. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Devin Booker, as, as you may be able to tell. But not, but, not, but not with Kyrie. That doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, surround Kyrie with shooters, man. Can't go wrong. Anyway, I mean that would be limiting Devin Booker. He's a, he's also a ball handler. I agree with you, one hundred percent on that. I just thought it'd be a neat idea. So Low asked, uh, Low put out a tweet, man. He asked you guys to ask some podcast questions. So uh, we won't go too long on these, Low. We'll just answer a couple of these ones quick. But I, I was I was going through these tweets here, and I found a couple good ones we haven't really talked about. Uh, Casey DiCarlo on Twitter asked. Do you think the Sixers can be a problem for the Cavs and or Celtics in the playoffs? Maybe not a win, maybe not win a series, but cause problems. Um, It will be interesting because that means that Joel Embiid would have to play a lot more games consistently. So I would love to see him try to stay healthy during that stretch. The, the but there's thing, no back-to-backs, though. But there's no back. There's no back-to-backs, but there's definitely you know um, three. There's definitely two games and three nights. And you have to go travel immediately. No, there's not. There is. You play Monday, you don't play Tuesday, and you play Wednesday. That's two games and three nights. Oh, yeah, but there's always a day in between for rest or for practice. That's what you said. I said two games and three nights. What the hell? Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, my, sometimes, you know, shit doesn't add up to me in the and, morning. And you know? then, <laughs> oh, wow. It's one o'clock in the afternoon right now. This is my morning, bro. I woke up. I called you. I said, let's record this podcast. This is my morning, man. And, uh, and another thing, the, the traveling will be interesting as well. But if, if we're saying just hypothetically. Pretend healthy, he's healthy. Healthy, yeah. yeah healthy. Um, the Cavs, I definitely feel like they can get a problem. The thing that I love about Embiid is that he's so aggressive, regardless if he makes the shot or not, or he's efficient, he's going to stay aggressive, which is going to give players like Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love a problem, along with Al Horford as well, since we're talking about the Celtics. Ben Simmons, he hasn't gotten to that level of confidence where he can just be overtly um, aggressive into, into a manner in which LeBron has to seriously take him serious. I just said seriously take him serious. Have to it's okay. It's the morning low. It's oh, okay. Wow. It's the morning. Has, has to take him serious. But that's and that's another reason why I said I talked about Giannis and how Giannis he's so aggressive that LeBron would have to take him serious. But when it comes to the Celtics, they really don't have anyone to guard either Embiid or Simmons. Or Simmons. So yep. that's that would be also very interesting. But I was, I would still pick the Cavs and Celtics simply because of experience and um and um and coaching for the Celtics. If you look at for it the on Celtics, paper, coaching for the Celtics, not the Cavs. <laughs> no, it's okay, Lo. It's the morning, bro. It's okay. You can mess up, man. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> the more I think about it, if you look at it on paper, like they got you know shooters around. They got players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, assuming those guys stay healthy throughout the playoffs. Hopefully they do. Uh, the Cavs don't really have an answer for a team that athletic. And at the end of the day, I guess it comes down to being able to score efficiently. But keep in mind, the Cavs don't necessarily need to defend you. They'll outscore you, though. And the playoff Cavs are a whole new type of Cavs, right? You playoff LeBron is not regular LeBron. 
he is gonna step up, and I don't see the Celtics. I don't see the Sixers being a problem. Uh, they might win a game if they get lucky, maybe two games. But honestly, the way the Cavs been playing in the East, they usually just route the first couple teams, boom, boom, get their rest, and then you know buckle down for the Eastern Conference Finals before losing to the Warriors. So I don't see him as a problem though. But that's just how I see him. True, 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 um, true, true. So Fernet Poppy on Twitter asks. Do the Rockets have a legit chance of beating the Warriors? No. <laughs> yes. I agree. They do. They do? They do. Of course they do. Yeah. Why Why we have this conversation, Agent? I, just keep in mind, Lo. They live and die by that three, according to the media, right? And a majority of the time, they're living by it. Now they got Chris Paul, bro. So they have a whole new two-way guard who can lock down defensively. Who definitely is going to do numbers on Curry, right? It's not going to be an easy way for Curry to get open, even through all those off-ball screens and movement in their offense. I think they stand a chance. I still think the Warriors are going to win. I just hope that that's one of the series that go to seven games, and that's super exciting. I'm sure we're going to get some really, really hype oh games. Oh, my God. I'm just saying how it is, though. That's all. I'm just saying the how war- it is. The Warriors will beat that team in no more than six games. No, that's what I just said, bro. Six, you said seven. seven. You said you you hope it goes to seven. I hope it goes to seven, but it wouldn't go to seven. It wouldn't go to. But seven. the Warriors would win at the end. I just hope that the the Rockets make it interesting. Maybe that might be my inner James Harden screaming like, "Oh, I hope James Harden drops fifty like for the games." <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna up. lie. Some of the, I'm looking at some of these questions. A lot of these questions we could just roll through real quick. Like cause some of these are just sure. like easy questions. But I, I think I think this is what people really want to know about you, Agent. Because we kind of hinted it to. in today's video. Um, this is this is the gentleman who, who wants to talk about comparing LeBron to Jordan. We can kind of low-key. Unless you see a better question, we can kind of low-key in the, in the podcast on this right here. He says, talk about, talk about how it's not right to compare LeBron's and Jordan's final records because you're going to penalize a guy who lost in the finals and not a guy who lost in the first or second round. That's not fair at all. LeBron has a cruise in the East. Jordan have no cruise in the East. <laughs> now keep in mind, when I talk about NBA history, like all my knowledge is anecdotal, it's right? So I didn't get it. Limited. Oh, my bad. I, but I try, it's because I, I didn't get it. But it's, I'm just being real. There's no oh. point of pretending like I know more than I know, right? So I didn't get a chance to watch him live the way I got a chance to see LeBron live. At the end of the day, when you're making comparisons across eras, there's going to be inconsistencies and there's going to be no definitive answer regardless of which way you put it. On top of the fact that there was hand checking back in the day, so it was a lot harder to score. So if you're Michael Jordan, you weren't getting your shots off easier. To You can argue there's less parity in the league now. The you can the Cavs just cruise, just four owing teams, four winning teams on the way to the finals and get all this rest. And so I like people make that excuse a lot. LeBron's losing the finals, but Jordan lost in the second round this year. But it's like Jordan had to play a higher level of comp. And the balance of the conferences, and maybe you can speak to this more low, I can't imagine it was worse than the way it is right now in the NBA. The way that people are calling for conferences. To, to be gone oh, and just play with regular in, thirty teams in the in the eighties there it was a lot it was a lot easy it was a lot easier in the Western Conference so much so that you can even make an argument that the Western Conference was so weak that it, it is co- somewhat comparable to um 
to where we're at, where we are right now, where we have been for the last 10 to 15 years. However, in the 90s, it was fairly balanced. Um, and actually, even in the late 80s, it started to become a little bit more balanced as well. But here's the thing that I always have a problem with this. When you're when you're a LeBron fan and you want to make arguments about how LeBron faces competition in the finals, that's cool, that's great, and I completely agree. He he, he definitely plays some legit competition in the finals. However, when you, when you then turn around and don't you didn't when you then turn around and you don't rely that same type of consistency or that same type of context when it comes to Michael Jordan's career in which. Michael Jordan was losing in the first round to the Pistons and the Celtics, some of the greatest teams in NBA history. And he would go on to lose in the second round consistently to the Pistons until Scottie Pippen became into his own. Those are some of the greatest teams in NBA history. So, yes, LeBron, he's losing to the Warriors. And at this point, anyone with any type of basketball knowledge is not going to sit there and hold him consistently losing to the Cel- uh, to the Warriors as trying to take away from his legacy, we all understand that the Warriors are just that dominant of a team in which no one... Mm. Nah, see, no, you're crazy. If he, if he was losing to the Warriors without Kevin Durant, then we can somewhat make did, an though. argument. He lost to the Warriors No, no, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about if he kept doing that. Then okay, I, I would okay. somewhat... But at this point... That, I agree with you that, on that. That's, that team is so... The Warriors team is so ridiculous that no one's going to be like... You know, no, no one's not really going to take it that serious anymore. However, I also don't like the argument, like Agent said, this idea you keep going to the finals is some huge accomplishment, especially when you're playing in a weak conference. He's playing in arguably the weakest conference we've seen in NBA history. So how anyone can sit there and make an argument that LeBron going to the finals should be some type of accolade is ridiculous. Because before LeBron, I've never heard anyone make an argument for why finals appearance should be part of your resume. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I've never... Because at this point, LeBron has gone to, what, seven, eight finals, and not including this year. Kobe went to seven finals. Magic went to, I believe, nine finals. No one, But no one never said anything about how Kobe and Magic went to that many finals in their career. No one said that. I never heard that argument from N- any of them. Yeah, N- not no one, No one's never said it before. But for whatever reason, when it comes to LeBron... That is now an accolade on someone's that make that makes no sense to me. So and and also let me before we wrap up this question, if you got another question, you can. This idea that making it to the finals is the equivalent to a silver is a, is the equivalent to a silver medal is also ridiculous. Well, there ain't NBA, no silver medals in the NBA, man. One, yeah, one, there's no, silver, there's no silver medal in the Olympics. I mean the NBA. Two, in the Olympics. When you win a silver medal, you had to face multiple other teams outside of your bracket. You have to face other teams, and you're going up against uh, players. I mean, um, or players or teams who have either lost in the first round or the second round. You have to face a plethora of competition before Ooh. they come to the before they come to the conclusion that you won a silver medal Local because they want dictionary because they want to make sure that you know you you deserve the seven, the silver medal. In the yeah. NBA, you being the second best team, or you being the the runner up in the finals or the finals loser, that just means that you were the best team in your conference. That's what that means. That's like if it, that's like if the Spurs or the Rockets just patted themselves on the back for making the Western Conference Finals. Exactly. That's what <laughs> it's that means. It's literally the same thing. There's there's been multiple times where the the second best team in the NBA. Was a team that lost in the conference finals in the West. 
It was not the team that came out of the East. That's like me saying that's, that. That's like me saying that the, the Allen Iverson led 76ers were the second best team in the NBA. They were not. They were not, not the close. second best team. No. So this idea that just because you made the finals and you lost, you're the second best team in the NBA, cut the malarkey. Cut the I just think that people know what you're saying. It's not like this is just common knowledge. It's not like you said anything that's crazy. I just think when people are making arguments for why their guy is better than the other guy, that they don't really care at all. They just really want any sort of evidence, and they'll spin it any which way. And we've seen it so many times. They'll get a stat like, oh, how about this stat here? It just contradicts what you said. And they'll take it way out of context if they need to just to make their argument for why their guy is better. At the end of the day, I don't really have any affiliation. Like, you know, unless it's Kobe with, with Jordan and LeBron, I don't care who's better. I think it's a neat argument to have. But, you know, people get carried away with it a lot of the time. Yo, and honestly, the way... Is and I think, I, think, I think the KD move low was a bailout for LeBron because it gave LeBron fans all the ammo they needed to always deflect and say, but look at that, bro. He's just going up against the greatest team ever assembled in ever history. But again, that, but, that's the guys. Re- but that's the reason why I don't think that it's, it's that fair to really hold these losses against LeBron because KD copped out. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't really think it's that big. Of, at this point, I don't really think it's that big of a deal when it comes to final losses because at this point, yeah, is I mean, one, I don't really think that LeBron would be better than Michael anyway. So that's one. But two, I just think when it comes, to especially trying to surpass Kareem, that's a statistical argument because Kareem really built his identity off of a statistical basis, along with the championships because he does have six. However, even with his six championships, he only has two finals MVPs. So you can even make an argument that LeBron has been more consistently a better player on a championship contender than Kareem has been. So yeah. Yeah, so, uh, there's, so there's arguments there. So I, I understand that. But nah, man, the the, the champ is and also like agent said, it's more than just a championship argument for why Michael is better than George. I mean, Michael is better than LeBron. I know people always get get too maybe micro focused on the championships and. Let's focus on everything else. I remember a couple years ago, uh, Jerry West came out defending LeBron for the the losses in the finals. <laughs> I think Jerry West lost eight of his nine final appearances. Yeah, so he was like one and nine. Yeah, so his his uh, I guess he had a stake in it, so he had some experience in losing finals. But when we date back historically, I don't really see too many people holding it against Jerry West. Saying like, yo, he's not better than this player That's because he lost this many times in the finals. People still think that Jerry West is like a top fifteen player of all time, borderline top ten. So I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't get that part. Uh, you got another yeah. question? Because I got. I got one really good question. Nah, go ahead, man. Uh, why do you think basketball? Shout out to um failed, failed try hard YouTuber. I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, his question is, why do you think basketball is such a big part of your life? Wow, this is. Me? This is very complex. Uh, this is complex. Yo, it's my whole life, bro. I was, I used to watch. Yo, when I was growing up, bro, I used to watch all sports: tennis, F one, name it. I watched it. And uh, as I grew up, when Kobe dropped eighty one in the Raptors, I started to get into basketball. But I didn't have cable at that time, low. So the only time I'll, I'll, I'll get a chance to go on NBA.com and watch the highlights in the morning, and then we just talk about that shit all day in school. We just spent all day arguing in like grade five, <laughs> NBA arguments. And then as I went into high school, I studied sport management in university. And the dream was Brian Colangelo was doing a horrible job general managing the Raptors, who is now the general manager of the Sixers. 
And I just thought to myself, I looked at my cousin, we were watching the Raptors play in the playoffs, and I just said, yo, I guarantee you I could do a better job. Because you just seen so many consistent mistakes being made. And so I got into a program with the dream of being a general manager for the Raptors, which time and time again, people always say is so unrealistic. But that's just what I wanted to do. Uh, and then just so happens that I was uploading NBA 2K content, and I have a YouTube channel for that. And then now I'm on a podcast with Lo. So... Yeah, I guess uh-huh. it kind of feels all my decisions. Lo, you don't really have a basketball background though, so we can skip you. Stop, stop. <laughs> it's so, it's so, it's so, it's so, it's uh, it's so. You know, you struggled. You had no cable. Uh, that's. I'm not trying to make you off from you. Just nah, we, you, you got antenna, you, bro. You, you, we you had like six in. channels, you, man. You threw that in like I had no cable growing up. You threw that in. Really no, I threw up. that in because I couldn't watch the full games nah, ever nah, until I was like. In uh, high school, and I found out you could just watch stuff online, you know? <laughs> um, Until I found that out, you know, I didn't really have a way to watch this shit. But come on, go on, go on. My, my, ba- my basketball story is fairly, fairly quick. I was growing up, I played, like, a lot of sports growing up. So I played, well, one, I think we all played, like, NBA Live and 2K growing up in Madden and shit like that. So that kind of obviously grew you some type NBA of... NBA Street, inf- facts. Yeah, some, some type of infinity to certain sports. Um, but when I grew up, I first played soccer. Um, then I played football. You didn't play no soccer. Man. I did. I did play. Right, fo- I did play, play no soccer. soccer. I got. I got soccer trophies standing right next to me. I did play soccer. Not that part. You have participation trophies. Uh, I think I was young, young. So these these might be. I'm pretty, one of them is. A, one, <laughs> I, I know. Playing, I know for fact. One, of, one of them. <laughs> one of them is in a participation trophy. But I was like seven, eight years old. One of them I know for All fact. Right, go, ahead. go ahead. So I, I played soccer growing up, and then after that, I played football. Then I played basketball. Soccer, I played goalie and defender, which I hated because when it came down to being a goalie, everyone would just basically rely on you to like do it. This it was the same thing with defender. Like after after the sweepers made a mistake, it was like, all right, defenders and goalie, save us. And I'm like, bro, god damn, we gotta <laughs> keep doing this. Like we gotta, and he just got to a point where it was. I I remember the game where I got frustrated, and my team was low key sus. And I had to like deflect like at least ten soccer balls while I was a goalie and playing in the um and as a defender. I was I was just doing way too much and I got upset at it. But as a goalie and a defender, you're not scoring. So you have to like really, really and truly be like willing to play that role, which that kind of got me upset. Then when I was football player, I played um both offense and defense alignment and some sometimes tight end. That right there, again, you're very rarely touching the ball. It's a lot more blocking. And if the quarterback got sacked, it's your fault. Not the fact that he possibly stayed in the pocket way too long. And <laughs> if you and if you're the tight end, a lot of times you were just blocking for the running back. So the running back, the quarterback, and the wide receivers got way, way more props than they probably should have. And as a tight end, like I said, you're more so blocking than catching because at high school level, they're really not passing the ball. So... There's that. After I got done playing high school, uh, after I got done playing high school and, and some recreational football, I played recreational basketball. And forward to big man, because everyone, if you were really, really big, you were more so playing for um, your school or you're playing for some type of um, league or whatever. So I was more so forward or big or whatever. And I remember, I remember very vividly, I set a screen for the dude, the point guard. I rolled to the basket, got the ball. He fouled me and won, and it was a game-winning basket, and I ended up winning the game. It was a buzzer beater and everything. 
I was so hyped. You get, you get it, the YMCA MVP. Bro, I was MVP so hyped that game. It made <laughs> no sense. I was going crazy. Everybody was like moving crazy. Da da da. And I went to the foul line and, and, and you know took the free throws or whatever. And it was like you know it was like two seconds left, but we won that game, right? So I I ran over to the sideline. Ah, the coach is like, ah, whatever, right? <laughs> the coach is mad hype. My teammates are mad hype and. The coach, like, literally was like, you know, he, he pulled me to the side once everyone got their little, they got their snacks or whatever, and they went off their boy or whatever, and we had a little meeting. And he pulled me aside. He was like, see, that's the reason why you got to set good screens because it's going to leave you open. And so it, it didn't dawn on me until that moment that even when I'm not scoring, if I do the right things, then that could potentially lead to me scoring, which always left me with the idea of I could always be involved with the offense even if I didn't have the ball in my hand. That's the reason why I love basketball. Because when it comes to every other sport, and not to say that like football is definitely a a much more team-oriented sport, but every other sport, there's always people who don't get the just the right, the right, um, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm not conveying this correctly, but everyone doesn't get the right praise that they're supposed to. Whereas in basketball, even the person who's doing nothing but setting screens and grabbing rebounds and tipping the ball back in, they still get the correct praise that they're supposed to because they're Who doing the dirty work. The best screen setter in NBA history. Who's the best screen setter? It might be it might be the great Al Horford. Let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> I remember in an interview like five years ago, we everybody I knew was clowning Tiago Splitter because Greg Pop hopped on uh, a comp. I think it was a post game conference, or I think it was the one like. You know, after the first quarter and the third quarter, they talk to the coaches. Yeah. And he's like, Tiago Splitter is uh, one of the best screen setters in the NBA. And I just started dying. I was like, a screen setter, my guy. That's what yeah. you're known for. <laughs> and, and also, I'll, yeah, say, you're right. I'll, say, I'll say this as well. When I was growing up, Chris Webber, outside of any Laker player, Chris Webber is my favorite player of all time. And I used to see Chris Webber, who's not a big. I mean, he is a big, excuse me. He is, and he though, used to get yeah. assists. So it was it was crazy. I was like, yo, you don't even have to be a point guard and get assists. Like anyone can like you can fill up the stat line and be any position that you want to be. So things like that where you just you get recognition for even not scoring, for getting recognition for not even being part of the play, getting recognition as being a great defender, those are things that, that really that I, I I love about basketball. That was so heartwarming, though. But I was I wish we had a sound board so I can clap. Yo, I was hyped when I hit that game when I was like, ah, Bro, man, that's I had a similar similar thing in grade eight, man. Y'all messing around, and then and then I got fat, so I didn't play basketball no more. What a I just watched the shit. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, I think that's that a, is. I think that's, that's a, I think that's a great way to end the podcast, man. Yeah, we, yo, we don't even need a highlight player of the day, bro. I kind of want to end it here, man. Uh. Okay. Cool. We. I guess. We, I guess no. No highlight player today. Loki. Yeah. Loki, I was no, nah, I, I got one. I, I'll give it to Dame. Dame, shout out to Dame. Um, he just scored ten thousand points. If I'm not mistaken, he's one of the fastest players to to record ten thousand points. You know, Dame doesn't get no love in the NBA, so no one's not really recognizing it. But he scored like ten thousand points in under five hundred games, which is that's that's what's up, Dame. Yo, shout out to Dame, yo. Dame is right, just quick shout out to Westbrook's defense. He's my highlight player of the day. Uh, Westbrook's wow. defense has been outstanding these last few days if this last game was any indication so we started the podcast off on that note i guess we'll end on that note listen up guys uh thank you guys for watching man showing love on the pod i think low uh over the next few days we'll create that subreddit so 
we can get some talk and, you know, people hit me up on Twitter and I'm like, man, I wish there was one place where everybody could just talk with one another and all that. So we'll get that done and we'll have a podcast, we'll have a pod coming out in the next few days where we propose uh, some trades that we'd like to see happen at trade deadline. So you guys should come with some trade proposals too. If we get our subreddit out by then, we'll have like a, a thread where you guys could post your trades, etc. And if they're stupid, we'll roast you for posting some stupid Face shit. Us. Um, that, that'll actually be the perfect podcast for the next one. If we just do, everyone just propose as many trades as you possibly can. And we kind of read through their, y'all trades and our trades. I think that would actually be a really good podcast. All right, then that's the move, yo. We'll catch you guys on the next one, y'all. I'm out. Yo, you're not going. You're not going to say the podcast name. Yo, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Boom Shakalaka oh. podcast. You know, <laughs> the Boom saying? Shakalaka. <laughs> it's the one and only legend of winning. My co-host Agent Zero. We'll catch y'all next podcast. Peace. You hit a high note. Like you got to be a singer, or some shit, low. Hitting a high I'm note. I'm doing it every. every I can't episode. even go. I can't go that high. Oh, man. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon, you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. Behind the lasagna. It's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.